You are listening to episode 19 of the TJ Tells It podcast. Today, I'm bringing you part two of my interview with Bianca Queen B. Martin. We discuss motivating others and our marathon adventures and so much more. Welcome to the TJ Tells It podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and this is your straight talk guide to the fitness lifestyle by a non-traditional fitness junkie. Have you ever said, I could never run, lift weights, take a spin class, complete a 5k, or even that marathon? If you ever said, I'm not the fitness type, are you afraid to go to the gym because you don't know where to start or what to do? Or are you just looking for a little motivation to get out the door? If I just described you, then this is the podcast for you. You will hear about starting a health and fitness lifestyle, tips and tricks to staying on track and motivated. You'll learn the ins and outs of becoming a healthier you. You will also get to meet some of my favorite fitness junkies around and more. Lace up your shoes and let's get this journey started. Hey, hey, welcome to the TJ Tells It podcast. I am TJ, your host, and I am bringing you part two of my interview with Bianca Martin. And it is a continuation of what you heard in part one. If you haven't heard part one, you should go back and listen. It is quite hilarious. And we share all things about motivating people, nutrition, running, cycling, and so much more. In this episode, we talk about how Bianca can motivate others and her philosophy on getting people to do things that they've never done before. Not only that, we are discussing the marathon adventure that we went on three years ago today on the day in which this will be published and March 20th 2016 both our lives definitely changed we both became marathoners and it was definitely an adventure as a matter of fact we're still taking adventures together and last week I went with Bianca to her first cycling race of 2019 at Hammerfest in Birmingham Alabama and I designated myself pit crew after there was some um, interesting things that happened for her first originally scheduled race. And I said, I'm going to go with you. I'll be your pit crew, keep you on time. I want to see what all this whole cycling thing is about. And it was an adventure. It was going great. She was riding really well. I mean, I think she was riding well. I mean, she could have been last and I still would have thought she was riding well, but even I could tell that she was riding really well. And then five laps left in the race and she crashed. It wasn't her fault. Some chick um, clipped her wheel and voila, we end up in the ER and she's got a broken clavicle. So she's on the sidelines for the next six weeks, but I've got a plan for her. She just doesn't know what exactly is entailed in that plan, but it's going to be epic because isn't it always epic when we get together. Anywho, I am still lifting weights and whatnot. I did have a DEXA scan done, which was sort of a midway-ish. I got a month left in um, the body comp challenge that I'm in and I have lost a lot of fat which was exciting but I've also lost a little muscle so that was a little distressing but not really distressing it was just a refocus up your protein make sure you're hitting your calories and lift more so that's what I have been doing I will continue to lift weights I do love um, to do heavy weights and whatnot so that's fun and exciting I've also made my return to running. It is warming up sort of. And so I will go back to uh, doing uh, short workouts during the week and um, potentially a longer run on the weekends. I 
I also did a 5K last weekend. Um, I did the uh, Publix 5K in Atlanta. My running BFF Susan, which you may have heard on the podcast. If you haven't, you should check out her interview. She's got really good practical tips about how to incorporate health and fitness into your life, especially when you have kids. Um, But she demanded a appearance. And so we volunteered and did a 5K. It was a bit of a challenge on two and a half hours of sleep because we got back really late from Birmingham due to our um, extended stay in the emergency room. But um, it was well worth it. And then I came home and slept a lot because sleeping is key. And then I felt better. I was all back on regular routine and uh, back lifting weights and whatnot. But without further ado, let me bring you part two of my interview with Bianca. And we pick up by talking about motivating others. And here you go. So we talked a little bit about your running and cycling Mm -hmm. and you made the transition. Let's talk a little bit more specifically about fitness and your philosophy on getting people to do something they've never done before. Mm. Do you mean that in a like, oh, I've always wanted to try this and I haven't, but help me do that? Or do you mean like a, I don't think I can push this hard, but you made me? In the, I've always wanted to try that, but I haven't. Okay, one more time. Read the question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking, like, what's your philosophy on if someone comes to you and says, Bianca, oh, okay, okay, okay. I think I'm going to run a marathon. Yep, 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 yep. So I have always come from the mentality of anyone can do anything if you want to, um, honestly, like, like literally. So any limitations that you think you have, you're putting them on yourself. There's not a single person out here who can tell you that you have a limitation that you act. That doesn't mean that you actually have that limitation. You have to accept that you have a limitation. You have to tell yourself that you have that limitation. So At the end of the day, if you are someone who's never tried something, marathon, great example, guess what? (laughs) You can do it. Want to know how I know? (laughs) How do you know, Bianca? Because the day before the Georgia Marathon two years ago, I decided I was going to do it. (laughs) I was not training. I had never... Okay, wait, wait, wait. wait. (laughs) Not training. I mean, you were... Okay, I was in shape. Yeah. Um, had I ever ran and or walked farther than 16 miles? No. <laughs> and the last time I had done 16 miles was probably two years prior to that decision to do the marathon. I think I was probably hovering around like 10 to 12 at my max at that time. Um, but you know, sure. Whatever. Again, that comes back to confidence, right? I was like, yeah, I got this. I think this one might have bleeded a little bit into (laughs) cocky, guys, but I'll let her continue the story. No, okay. So, um, TJ was training, as she should have, um, like a normal, smart person, for the Georgia Publix Marathon in 2016. And she actually wore her marathon shirt today. What a lovely Heather Gray Mizuno top, nice and soft, doesn't shrink. Um, it is still one of my favorite long sleeve shirts is. to yeah, wear. Yeah, and it I is. May or may not have more than one of them. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, so I was working for Mizuno at the time, which was a it's a shoe company that sponsors the Atlanta Track Club. And we were at the expo where everyone was picking up their numbers, blah blah blah. And I had like toyed with the idea 
of, of walking the marathon with TJ. Because here's the thing. With all of the running injuries that I've talked about, I didn't just have that one knee surgery. I actually had two knee surgeries, countless other things. I feel like a unlicensed, uneducated physical therapist because if you have a problem, I've probably had something to do with it and I could probably give you some exercises to work on it. All that being said, I knew that I would never be able to actually run a marathon, like truly train for it, run for it, because my body would just not, it wouldn't work, right? I'd get injured. So, but it was on the bucket list. And I was like, you know what? What's 26.2 miles? You good. (laughs) I was like, we were doing the calculations and I was like, you know, we might be out there like eight-ish hours. And I was like, you could do like an eight-hour hike you know, through like the mountains, you're fine. So I got a number and I showed up at 4.27 a.m. because we needed to start before the marathon actually started. So we would make the cutoff time. Which Um, they don't allow you to do anymore, but it was a special exception. Right, Uh uh-huh. And um, my mindset was like, oh, okay, we're going to be, you know, out there for a really long time and I'm going to like be tired. So I should wear what I would wear for this weather if I was running, which happened to be a long sleeve shirt, which was actually the Publix Marathon shirt. Very small spandex shorts. Underwear guys. Compression socks. Um, And that was about it. I'm going to pause you there. <laughs> guys, we're friends. We were friends then. We're still friends. So that's a testament. Somehow. And I told her. Don't show up in them itty bitty shorts. You're going to be cold. You need to put on some clothes. And she's like, okay. <laughs> Just like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. She showed up in the long sleeve shirt. She wore the shirt to the concert, by the way. Mm, I don't know about that one. Yeah. And her itty bitty shorts. And she didn't even show up in the compression socks. Yeah, that was Amy. That's Coming true. Those were Amy's socks. Compression socks that she'd never worn before, which, by the way, don't do that. <laughs> oh, I didn't I get any distance. blisters. I didn't get blisters. Uh-uh. But, don't, were, but we're, don't do it. Don't do don't that. Do it. <laughs> you, you try your gear. Uh-huh. Like, I went through several hairstyles yeah. before settling on my marathon hairstyle. Like, all the things matter. Yeah. But anyway, so it's 4.30. I think we started at 4.32 or something crazy like yeah. that. Yeah. And it wasn't just Bianca and I. I had recruited uh-huh. a couple of other friends who were going to do the half. And I was like, well, go to the halfway point with me. And then we'll split off where the marathon splits from the half marathon. And you can finish your race or whatever. And they were like, uh-uh. We're going to the halfway point. Your mom's going to give me a ride back to the finish line, right? <laughs> yes, mom's got you. And the other friend happened to just live a couple of miles away from where where the halfway point is. And so we convinced her to maybe do 16 miles instead of 13. We did. But all in all, so it was 432. And I was cold. (laughs) This is not a joke. I had goosebumps for 19 miles. (laughs) 19, like, like, like slightly teeth chattering cold. Like I was that cold because the thing is when you are used to your form of exercise being running and and true running you get warm in a couple of minutes right and that would have been a very acceptable outfit potentially even too many clothes if you were going to go run the marathon but when you are walking for me that was not enough exertion to get the heart rate going and I was I was so cold I don't think I've been that cold for that long (laughs) like by choice 
Oh, it was terrible. But when I tell you that when we hit about, I'd say, five miles to go, I mean, it was a death march. Yeah. It was... Not for me. For her. Right. Exactly. Because because here comes, you know, confident Bianca. Like, oh, you good. Like, first of all, you use very different muscles running than you do walking. So the little, you know, like if you flex your foot and you see that little tendon right over top of your, like, middle of your foot to your shin... That has to flex every time you take a walking step. When you're running, your feet stay a little bit more pointed if you have good form because you shouldn't be super, super heel toe when you're running. So that just never got used ever. <laughs> and all we did, uh, 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 we ran a little bit. We ran we did. down into the park and we ran to Eminem because we turned on the music because we had lost all of our company by that point. And every like, now and then I would just like okay. jog forward and then like come back because I just like couldn't walk anymore. She it did hurt that so bad. She did that until mile 14. And then I was like, oh, people are looking a little stabby. People hate you. Can you, can you not do that? I'm just like doing high knees like next to I'm TJ like, while she's walking. Don't do that because yeah, people are people are gonna hurt you oh my god we're getting to that point where the mental part kicks in yeah yeah so she did stop her uh, drills at that point but we it did was, run a little bit oh, we did it was awful you guys but you know what we made it we and um i mean that is like some of the proudest i've ever been of myself honestly because a i was like you're an idiot. So, so I'm proud of you for like seeing this through despite your stupidity. Um, but B, like it was really, really hard, like really hard, like so hard that I was like non-functional the rest of the day, the following day. I slept for 14 hours after that. <laughs> Meanwhile, TJ, the superhero, was like, oh, I'm going to go help coach at the women's 5K later. Like, I'm fine. I did. I, in all fairness, I didn't actually go out with the ladies. We, Susan, who you heard a few weeks ago, um, I interviewed we went and we stretched and cheered them on and kind of showed them some stuff. And then every time they told me, oh, I don't know if I can do that, I just held up my medal and was like, you can't do, you can't do what? Yeah, sure. You sure yeah. about that? And they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to go run a little bit harder. A little but bit did you die? <laughs> so, yeah. So, by the way, I should tell you, she warmed up around between 16 and 19 because that was the point in which I was like, I can't carry my Camelback marathon vest any longer. And that is a testament of being my real friend because mm. let me tell you, I sweat. Like, it is, it is, <laughs> it's a struggle to stay hydrated at times. And she put that marathon vest on that I've had on yeah. for 16 miles. And I, be, I became up. TJ's Sherpa. It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was, was like true. her llama. It was true. Although I will say one of the funniest things was so at that time, I fueled for my long runs with a combination of. Food items, gummy bears, um, pretzels, dried fruit, and whatnot. I no longer do that. And um, so I put some gummy bears in, and I'm, like, chewing. And she's like, you got to swallow at some point. And I was like, I just can't. <laughs> and she's like, it's okay to spit them out. And I was like, they're gummy bears. <laughs> she's like, spit them out. And I did. And I feel like that was a pivotal moment. I was like, oh, so one of us still has mental faculties going on. This is good. And uh, I will say that was some of the most fun I've had. It was really fun. 
eight hours and 43 minutes, 43 minutes. Um, I have since done another marathon and did it in eight hours and 20 minutes. Um, so I break an eight hours soon. <laughs> I will forever have done a marathon faster than y'all until she stops saying, I'm never going to do another marathon. And then she goes, and does one, but that's neither here nor there. Mm. Um, but yeah. So if you want to be really good friends with someone, you should do a marathon with them because it is a life changing thing. <laughs> I love that's like the only way you can be good friends with someone. Um, I'm not saying it's the only way, but, but it is a pretty, it's, it's a pretty it's, fast it's, way. It is. You learn a lot. You do. You do. And you'd probably you'd probably be even better friends if you truly trained with them. It's true. But we just spent the actual day together. We learned a lot about each other. It's great. Lots of stories. Stories that will not be told on the podcast. Not at all. (laughs) You you won't get to if you want to experience the long run. What happens in the marathon stays in the marathon. (laughs) It's true. It's very true. But we finished, and we finished it running. That was the yes. third time I think we ran during the marathon. We have a in sync shot. I'll have to put it in the show notes so mm-hmm. you can see us actually running, and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot. It of was fun. like emotional. I cried. I did not cry. Um, I did cry like a big baby when I finished my very first 5K because I think at the time I truly thought I was dying a little bit. Yeah. That's a bigger <laughs> accomplishment somehow, though. Yeah. I, yeah. Because, like, it's the, it's the first of any type of race. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, and that's one of those, like, I had no idea I could even do it. Yes. And you did. You know? That's true. And my mom and my sister left me and and I did it. it was, there was no, like, anyone dragging me along and coaching me. I did that thing and, oh, oh my goodness. But the marathon still, it's still got a place in my heart. The second one was another one of those testaments of, who thank God they were cell phones because <laughs> I may or may not have called my mom during the marathon because my legs are cramping. Um, while also texting my coach, I was like, I need a solution to this, but right now I need to whine a little bit. Oh my gosh. And, it's but it's when you do those big things and you take that confidence that you have, because there's no doubt in my mind that I was going to cross the finish line. I think other people were like, are you really going to mm-hmm. be able to do this? Because it's going to take you so long. And, and it's really not that they're being rude, or at least most of them. It's that they're like, I couldn't do that for yeah. eight hours. I could so not they want to put run. they want to put their own limitations that they've set on right. themselves and push them onto you. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't really take kindly to that. Mm-hmm. Um, just like when people are like, I'm injured. I'm just going to walk a race. Nay, nay, people. But I let them do it and then talk to them the next day. How was your race? Um, I'm super sore today. I thought I was just going to walk it. Oh, my God. And then they have a newfound respect for those of us who mainly walk a race. I walk with run breaks for the most part. And it is a humbling so funny to say I take experience. a run break. I do. I take run breaks. I love I switch up the muscles sometimes. And yeah. I could probably run more than I do. And in shorter races, I do. I will keep a more consistent interval. But on the long ones, sometimes it's just a grind. And I'm okay with the grind. Mm-hmm. Grind's good. It's good. All right. Do you own? I'm switching topics completely from the marathon. Do you own Let's a Fitbit or a step tracker or anything like that? No, ma'am. And that is one of those uh, B will get obsessive situations. <laughs> so through my job, um, we are working with Garmin right now to put a version of Fit Radio inside of the watch so you could play music through your Garmin. Um, not like out loud, you know, to be blue yeah. situation with your headphones, yada, yada. That being said, they sent us a couple of different devices, and for a while, I was wearing the one just to kind of, like, get used to it or whatever, and okay, here's the thing. So, because I'm a cyclist, right, uh, stepping for me 
not super important because I'm going to go ride for three hours, right. you know? So I don't need to get in a certain amount of steps to have accomplished, you know, my quote unquote fitness quota for the day. So I would get really annoyed wearing it because like I wouldn't have enough steps for the day, but I'd be like, but I just rode for like 50 miles. Doesn't that count? <laughs> like, can I have less steps and more ride? So yeah, I stopped wearing it. Um, I just need to get a computer for my bike. Like I'm the most low tech, pretty good cyclist you've ever met in your life. It's weird. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that for some people it's a great tool and a great reminder to get up and move. But for someone like myself who is, I'm on such a regimen anyways. Um, again, I just, I got obsessive. Like I would take PETA for an extra walk because I'd be like, I need to hit my, my 8,000 steps or whatever the thing had calculated for me. And I'd be like, but you literally just rode for like three hours. Like why? Why? It's true. And so it just didn't make sense for me. Um, I do wear Fitbit, y'all know that, and I may or may not have been obsessed with hitting 10,000 steps a day. It was one of my year-long challenges, which is totally ringing a bell that I've maybe been doing this year-long challenge thing longer than I thought I had. But I was, like, obsessive about getting my 10,000 mm-hmm. steps, Cause you and just, I did it. You just want the watch to vibrate and, and give you and give it, you little fireworks. It does, exactly. It's like, it goes. It vibrates and tells you you've done something yeah. wonderful. It's that kindergarten sticker mentality. It is. But when you start training for a marathon and you're do you're not doing it like an elite runner would do it where they hit like hundred miles in a week or whatever, which no. No, just no. Yeah, that's that's a true story. That's a real thing. No, <laughs> I'm not doing that. You have to I I transitioned myself out of this ten thousand step a day thing because I wasn't getting enough rest. I wasn't taking advantage of my downtime because I was like, oh, yeah. I need to hit 10,000 steps a day. And Amy, who y'all heard from, um, is a taskmaster. However, she also will let you figure out on your own that maybe you're making not great training decisions. Yeah, her and Andrew are phenomenal at that one. And but then, they push and then you towards you, it quickly. And then you just, you eventually have that sit down and they just kind of cock their head to the side and just give you this very knowing nod when you tell them, like, yeah, remember when you, like, told me blah, blah, blah? Like, that was, yeah, that was real. That And, and they never say I told you so. They'll no. never say it. But in their mind. You can read it all over It's just so satisfactory for them. Because I would say 99.9% of the time, Andrew and Amy are right. And it is it is so annoying. You know Amy listens to this, right? Uh, yeah, but like they are. Oh, it's true. <laughs> and it used to kill me when Andrew was my coach. It killed me. I can't even remember. There was one time where like I was right and he was wrong about something. And it was like the greatest moment of my entire life. Because I got to literally just be like, you're wrong. Oh my God. I can't, Amy, if you're listening, text me and remind me what that was. I know you were there. It was a, it was something real small, but it was, it was important. It's it was little exciting. things. I always say that it's little things that it make is. the difference. It is. But I had to go to a weekly average. That was how I transitioned out of it. And now I, um, Fitbit has adjusted their like things that they will cheer you on for and now I get more often than not the hey you hit your exercise 
goal for mm. the week. So like five times is I think is where I have it set. And it'll be like, oh, you killed it. Now, it only like once you hit your exercise minutes or whatever it is for the day, it doesn't care how much more you've done. It only gives you one <laughs> for that right. day. So that helps me be consistent, but I'm not obsessed with hitting steps. And that it was a serious <laughs> I realized it was a serious problem at some point. I, I don't, yeah, it was definitely during marathon training. And I was like, Amy, I just don't understand. I mean, I'm doing it, but I'm tired. And I'm like, <laughs> she's like, huh? Yeah. And then maybe weird. like a day later, she's like, so you're still doing those 10,000 steps a day? Yeah. I mean, I'm hitting it. I mean, I'm blowing it out of the water. And she's like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and then it was maybe a week later. It took me that long, guys. And I was like, so I've decided I'm going to go to a weekly average of <laughs> 70,000 steps in a, in a day. And I know I'm going to hit that on Saturday. And she's like, oh, that seems like a smart decision. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you know, you could have told me this. She's like, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, why do you yeah. know me so well? This is not okay. It's but but so, when, you, when you make the mistake and learn on your own versus someone telling you not to make the mistake... It's very different. That is very true. And when I start and I'm in a period of just exercising versus training for something, A, it means I need to pick another goal. But B, and when I'm not, I'm like, oh, what's, oh yeah, no. How many minutes have you, what did you do? And then I go fill in my journal or planner or whatever with where I went and what I did. And sometimes it's a rude awakening that you've been sitting on your ass for too long, (laughs) but sometimes it's not. So true. So that all being said, it's, you know. I should really learn from my type A friend here, but I'm still going to continue to wear my Fitbit and check my steps every now and then. <laughs> I may or may not put the Fitbit Do on my girl? shoe during spin class oh, sometimes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But then now I have heart rate monitor and all that stuff. So I would prefer to know whether or not I'm getting some cardiovascular help yeah. with the classes and whether or not I'm working hard enough because I don't keep up. And if you follow me on Instagram and you see my stories, I'm like these dips and tap backs and all that stuff. I have to measure myself on a different scale because it's not always hitting all the marks for everything because some days, yeah, it doesn't happen. Most days. Let's just be real. <laughs> Most days. But there's something to strive for. Okay, so I think we already know the answer to this, but aside from deciding the day before a marathon to do a marathon, what's the craziest thing you've done fitness-wise? Ooh, good question. Oh, okay. Um, I would say coming out of running retirement for the annual New Year's Day, what is it called? I'm Resolution run. Resolution run. Oh, that was a glorious day. It was a glorious day. So I don't remember why I decided to do it. I think it it was partly because I knew I wasn't going to go out really that night um, before. And so I was like, if I'm going to like not be at all hungover the next morning, I should probably go like, you know, run a race. Sure. And so, uh, yeah, I really put zero expectations on it, which oftentimes is the best way to go about something um, because then you have zero pressure. And I was like, it really doesn't matter how fast I run at all. Um, so I get out there and A, it's like freezing that morning. It was so cold. Do you remember that? It was, it was, it was cold, but it wasn't that cold. It was cold. It was wimpy. It was way colder this You know year, why it was cold? You know why it was cold? It was cold because I wasn't wearing as many clothes as I should be wearing. <laughs> Once again, weird. <laughs> Sees like a trend. Um, yeah, I had on small shorts and a Underwear. short sleeve. I think I had a long sleeve underneath of it, though. It was my, it was my Mizuno oh, yeah. uh, Monday shirt. 
Anyways, um, long story short, I got about halfway through the race and I remember checking my watch and being like, whoa, <laughs> like you're running really fast right now. So that was like that moment of choice where it was like either you can look down at the time or look down at how far you've gone or whatever and kind of have an oh shit moment and like pull yourself back. Or you can look down at it and use that as fuel and be like, I'm awesome. Let's see what we can do today. And I chose the latter of the two. And so I kept pushing and I think I almost had an asthma attack by the end of it. But I ran a 4.58 mile um, after literally not having ran like a step in months and months and months and months and months. Um, so that was a really awesome start to what, the 2016? 2017. 20s, who knows? I think it was 16. I think it was two years ago. Oh, the same year she was crazy enough to do a marathon. Yep, yep, yep. All uh-huh. kinds of confident that year. But so, yeah. you're leaving out the best part of the story. What's the best part? Uh, she won the whole thing. Oh. She beat all the boys. Solid. And it was fantastic. How did I forget? Because... So it was, she did the one mile, there was an option of four mile, one mile, so I didn't get to see all the glories. Not that I would have seen it anyway, but, so I finished like, ooh, did you hear Bianca won? And I was like, of course, it's Bianca, she ran. No, 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 she beat everybody. And I was like, I can't wait to see the pictures, I need to see the commentary on it. Oh my uh, God, the boys are going to be mad. They were. And they were. They were. I, how did I forget that? No, yeah, so the, the finish of the race was a pretty gradual, not super steep uphill. And then we took a left-hand turn and it still was a little bit uphill. And then like the babyest down for like 20 meters to the actual finish. And I started catching up to this guy on the hill and you could tell like he was beside himself (laughs) when A, he realized anyone was passing him, let alone a female was passing him. And it was just one of those like to the bitter end. It was really fun. Yeah, that was awesome. Ugh. And he did not speak to me afterwards. I didn't Just I didn't rude. get like a congratulations. Just rude. Yeah. I don't I mean take it, you've been beat. He mean probably would have high fived and good race. I don't remember who it was. It wasn't a track club guy, because I did beat of uh, several track club guys. Yes, you did. Because <laughs> you beat all the boys. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That that's probably like the most Yeah. There was also a race in high school, real real quick story, promise it won't take more than sixty seconds. I had, we had a two day race, like a, you know, one day and then we had races the next day. I was running the 800 meters on the second day and I was supposed to do the distance medley relay. Andrew will tell the story too. The distance medley relay, which is a 1200 passing off to a 400, passing off to an 800, passing off to a mile. And I was, yes. And I was the mile. I was the anchor. So I was really annoyed because the 800 was my thing. And the following day, I really wanted to be fresh for it, but I was being forced to do this relay the night before. And I was (laughs) so mad. So I get the baton and we're in fifth place. And now I'm extra mad because I'm like, cool, we're not even going to get on the podium. Like we're fifth place by a lot. Like we're talking 300 meters long shot fifth place. So I'm so mad at this point because why am I even doing this now? I'm not going to be fresh for the 800 and we're not even going to get a medal. Like this is so stupid. So I am running mad and anger is an awesome fuel. Okay. So probably within the first lap, lap and a half, I had already passed two people. So now I'm like, okay, wait, we might get third. This could be great. First place is still a solid 150 meters in front of me at this point. So 
Another lap goes by. I'm getting a little closer to third. Another lap goes by. Now we're on lap three. And I'm like, okay, third place. I see you. I pass third, right? Then going into the final lap, I pass second, literally like right at the finish line. So I've got one lap to go. When I hit the 300 meter mark, first place was hitting the 200 meter mark. I was still a hundred meters behind first place. And we, if I could find it, we can link it in your show notes. Okay. There is a video that exists online. It was like some parent who took this video. And I remember I found it a couple of years ago and he's been commentating the whole race, right? And it's pretty boring up till this point. And then he's been saying, you know, oh, Westview. Yeah. She's kind of, you know, making her way up. And then all of a sudden he's at, he's looking at first place and he pans back and he's like, oh, Westview's made up some ground. And then he pans back to first place. And this girl, I realized when she hits 200 meters, homegirl is not sprinting. Oh. She is not sprinting. And I have an awesome kick. Okay? Yeah. So I start moving and I am making ground. She has no idea I am coming. And I am coming like a bulldozer. So again, we're, we're, uh, we're at the, the last, like, straightaway, the home stretch, and he is looking at first place, and then he pans back, and he goes, oh, Westview, Westview's coming up, Westview, oh, Westview's gonna, what is it? And he's just, ah, and I pass her with maybe, like, 20 meters left, and she didn't have enough time to react, and we won the whole thing. That was, that could be the greatest athletic accomplishment of my whole life. It was really, really fun, because I'm not kidding, we were 300 meters behind. I know a little bit about that and that about mm, a mile from the finish for a long race is when I go, I'm ready for this to be done. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, I'm just going to pick it up just a little bit, just a little bit. And if I'm doing the race with someone, I'm like, by the way, at the end of the race, I'll catch you at the finish line. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking, oh, she must is going to slow down or whatever. No, no, no. When I'm ready for it to be done. It's going to be done. And then there's always people that pick and like pace off of you. Oh, I just need to stay in front of that person. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, you're trying to make me mad. That's fine. I'm okay with this. I'm going to let you use your energy trying to stay in front of me. It's fine. But about 800 meters out ever since I met Bianca, because we did 800 meters was the first time I'd ran that long which is a half mile, by the way, for the people who don't do track, mm-hmm. um, without stopping in years or maybe ever. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I know I can do this. So if I start running at this point, I know I won't stop running. And then you see the finish line and you're like, y'all might not have seen me for the whole race, but you're going to think I've been working very hard. Oh, wait, I have been working very hard. Now I'm going to work a little bit harder because I also don't want to talk to people at the end. And if you're breathing too hard, they just leave you alone. They're like, do you want True. some water? No. And then they walk away. And you know, I have to have the like, how was the race? And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, people. Okay. Let me let me process. And then we can talk about it. Or just check social media because that's where I will have posted a video about the real things that happen. And the kick comes in. And people are like, oh, you, you just... You just finished that. You you left me. I I warned you. Told you. Told you it was going to happen. And I'm ready for it to be done. And so now it's just a big joke. My friends are like, oh, yeah, we'll catch you at the finish line. <laughs> See you later. I'm, we are not we're not trying to move that quickly. And I'm like, oh, okay. 
bye. I'll wait for you and get a picture. And you, as long as you keep one person that is significantly faster in your crew, mm, yes. then you, you have your finish line picture. True. And then you can return the favor to everyone else. But yeah, no, the kick is a real thing. And running mad is a real thing. Really quick. Yes. When I was trained for the marathon, I trained with uh, Eileen, who I will have on the podcast because I will oh my God. Shanghai her into it. Oh, be I think so she's fun. already agreed in writing to be on the podcast anyway. But I trained with her most of the time. And when we would do the during the week training, she would like push a button. And I'm like, and I'm talking, and I'm mad, and I'm like walking, and like I've got really good form, and I'm moving, and she's like, and then I realized that she would like push my buttons to make me go faster, and I'm like, mm, I guess I'm okay with that. That's fine. I love it's it. Totally fine. I love but it. But yeah, no, that mad walking is a thing. Mm-hmm. And any dude it's that's listening a- to it that's made their girlfriend yeah. or wife mad, and you're walking somewhere, it's and then true. all of a sudden you're like, oh, why can't I keep up with you? Yep. It's a real thing. It's and the anger fuel is not a sustained fuel. It is like a short burst. Right, you can't be mad all the time and perform well, but it, when you need it, it's there for you. It's true. It is. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. All right, let's. We're gonna bring this home because we've been talking for a minute. Um, it'll probably be two episodes. But that's okay. Okay. Let's. So let's bring <laughs> yes, this home. Yes. And can you recommend a go-to source book blog that will help someone who is getting started on a health and fitness journey or is at that struggle point? Hmm. So I, this isn't truly like health and fitness necessarily related, but it's just motivation in general. Um, and it's one of my favorite people to listen to, E.T., the hip hop preacher. I love him. Um, if you are having a moment where like you just cannot lace up your shoes that morning or you were just laying in bed trying to hit snooze, just Google literally any one of his videos and all of a sudden you will feel like a rock star. You feel like a rock star and have gotten real talk. It, it I second that one. That's a very good one. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, what's your go-to nutrition product supplement? Do you have one? Um, I mean, as a cyclist, like I do eat goos and stuff. Ugh, I know yeah. everyone thinks they're disgusting, but I do like them. I'm not going to lie to what's you. What's your favorite brand? Um, well, I use actual goo. Um, well, okay, rewind. I actually really like Honey Stinger. They have mm. gluten-free, and they're like, they look like little waffles, and they have like honey inside Delicious. of them. Delicious. If you warm them so up good. and eat them with a glass of milk, they're good it's too. It's like dessert. Yes, and those, so as a cyclist, when you're eating while riding, and I'm sure it's very similar eating while running and or walking, like you can't have something that's like hard to chew because it's just, you don't have enough saliva in your mouth and you're breathing hard and all the things. So that's one that goes down pretty easy. It's not like a lot of chewing. Like for instance, made the mistake of taking an RX bar on a ride one time. Oh. First of all, those get stuck in your teeth anyways. They're delicious, but like, oh yeah. So like I literally thought I was going to pass out because I was trying to chew like, and that's so why I was only breathing through my nose at the time. And it was just, uh. it was really hard anyways. So honey stinger, um, gluten-free. I really like their salted caramel or their like maple something. Yes. Um, but also I do the goose. I do the, um, caramel macchiato one, even though I don't like coffee. It's weird. Is, is that a brand? Is goo a brand? Mm-hmm. Oh. G-U. Oh, G-U. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Coffee flavored G-U. Mm-hmm. I have done some of the GU. I, the goos, I, I can't do them. See, but it gets because like... Because it's a texture got, thing. They've got and, caffeine in them too. And yeah. so it's a nice like last 45 minutes of a race down one of those real quick. And you've got that little extra going yeah. for the finish line. But... 
But it's complicated yeah. to feed me, and I have like my own <laughs> homemade mixes of things that also include caffeine. Um, the other day, I may have you know, showed up to the 5.45 a.m. workout and left my pre-workout in the car. Oh. And I was like, but I'm too tired to go back down there because I may or may not have been late already anyway. <laughs> and had another Not at all a I, common occurrence for TJ at hey, 5.45 a.m. You know <laughs> I'm good to make it there. 5.45 is... Ooh, five, five, oh, yeah, that's tough early. one. Tough one. Um, but I'm getting into the swing of it. Yeah. I, I might even continue to do it more than once a week. Probably not. But, yeah. But they make chewy things that also have caffeine and whatnot. So, because goo. I do like those Cliff Bar blocks. Oh, yeah, blocks. Yeah, yeah blocks are good. Too. It's like Gatorade in a block. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Gatorade and a gummy bear combined, but like chewier. Yeah. They're like kind of. It's true. Yeah. So there are all kinds of things out there. You do have to try things and see what works for you and what doesn't. And some things may stop. Unless you're Bianca, in which case you just buy random things and eat them. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) Don't. Terrible advice. The lesson of this interview is that you're going to have to try things and learn from Bianca's yeah, life, life choices. <laughs> Learn from my mistakes. Don't make them. <laughs> okay. So you got any other advice or tips for the people out there before we do the very last thing? Mm, just general? Generic? Yeah. <sighs> She'll be back on the podcast and have our very own special edition episode. But so sweet. Um. Yeah, I mean, so I read an article one time about a runner named Molly Huddle. Google her. We don't need to go into it. She's a phenomenal athlete. Um, Huddle, H-U-D-D-L-E. And um, it was an interview with – it was about her, but they interviewed a sports psychologist. And I can't remember if it was her sports psychologist or just one in general. And they were talking about mentality. And a phrase that I picked out from there that has really, really stuck with me um, is psychotic optimism. Yes. And psychotic optimism, at least according to this sports psychologist, was basically the ability to blindly see the positive and the goal and the ways to get there um, despite everything. So no matter what is going on, you had surgery, you crashed your bike, you, you know, just got divorced, like whatever is going on in your world at the time, still somehow, psychotically a little bit, being able to be like, nope, we can do this. We can do this no matter what. And so I think that anyone who's going to be truly successful at anything, it doesn't have to be athletics, it doesn't have to be your fitness journey, you kind of have to have that psychotic optimism because things are going to go wrong. They're going to. Nothing is ever going to be perfect. And so falling back on that like slightly crazy mentality because everyone that's ever been successful, there's always been people in their lives that have told them that they're crazy and that you can't do it and that there's no way. And that person, again, despite everything, has been like, no, 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 I got this. Yeah, (laughs) somehow. So yeah, the, the moral of the story is be a little psychotic, but optimistically. <laughs> I like it. I, I, you yeah. know, I do know that I've hit the right goal and it's challenging enough if I tell it to someone and they go, you crazy girl. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yes, I am. Challenge accepted. Come at me. Yeah. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Yeah. So that's great. So now at the very end of my interviews, I like to do what I call one lap around the track. 
So, I got five questions for you. Ready. You're just going to tell me first thing that comes to your mind. Mm-hmm. This All is right. like from Friends. This is like, is it? that episode from Friends? Uh, do you watch Friends? I did watch Friends. Like, Phoebe, Phoebe does it when she's like helping people make decisions. And so she'll like ask them like a few questions that like really mean nothing. And then the last question is the thing that that person's been like struggling with. And they'll also answer it really fast. And then she's like, there you go. Huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's how you get to your gut instinct. I like exactly. that. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. These are just random questions. Great. So, and you will not have a life decision at the end of it. <laughs> but. Yes. All right. You ready? Yes, ma'am. First one. One word to describe your journey. Tumultuous. What's your favorite snack? Oh, bananas. What's your <laughs> most hated exercise? Oh, 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 that's hard. Why is that so hard? I like exercise. Mm-mm. <laughs> There's something. What do I hate doing? Rowing. Yeah. See, I love to row. Uh huh. Uh huh. What's in your gym bag? Um, not a lot. I'm very organized, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> she is kind of crazy about that. What's the last thing you ate? Peanut butter. Thank you very much, Miss <laughs> Bianca, You're for very welcome. being on the TJ Tells It podcast. Yes. She will be back. I will unleash her on the mic all by herself uh, for a special episode for y'all later. But I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview uh, with Bianca Martin, who can inspire those to do things that they never thought they could do. We always joke about how we are bonded for life because if you spend eight hours and 43 minutes with someone walking a marathon, you learn all kinds of things and you really are bonded for life. We will bring you more of our adventures and some additional motivation to another episode of the podcast, but until next time. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time for another episode of the TJ Tells It podcast telling about a health and fitness journey. You can find all the archive episodes and show notes at tjtellsit.com forward slash podcast. Never miss the next episode by subscribing through your favorite podcast app, such as Stitcher, iTunes, or Google Play, or just sign up for my email newsletter on tjtellsit.com. Not only that, signing up will score you a free weekly fitness planner. You can send your questions to me at tj at tjtellsit.com. In between episodes, you can follow my journey on Instagram or Twitter by following TJ Tells It. Until next time. Keep in mind that this is a one step at a time, always moving forward journey, and you will too succeed on your health and fitness journey. I'm TJ and I'm telling you.